everyone, this is Paige and welcome back to the So Rude Podcast. I'm so excited you are in for another episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday and today I have such an exciting guest joining us. His name is Taryn, also known as Token Genius. He was actually the producer who developed the intro and outro music to this podcast. So if you like that, you're about to talk to the man himself. His tagline is, I rap, I produce, I figure shit out. Taryn, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. For those of you who aren't familiar, I rap and produce under the moniker Token Genius, T-O-K-E-N Genius. I decided to be here. We're so excited to have you on the So Rude podcast. We like to talk about things, health, career, and lifestyle. And I was so excited about reaching out to you. I feel like with your background in producing music, that really falls in that career area. And so I just wanted to dig your brain a little bit. Could you tell us a little bit more about your background and, and how you got into music? It started around high school where I started to get involved in like the band program. I was in the marching band. Um, yep, yep, yep. Paige and I actually met as part of the UDMB, Pride of Delaware, when I went off to uh, college. At UD, I studied music with a business concentration and my instrument group was a uh, percussion so i have a good background as far as music just making it you know learning about it and independently on my own through the years i've just built up a knowledge of how to make my own stuff the name token genius um kind of came about the summer before I left for college. So the summer after high school back in 2009, it's crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. And since then I've, you know, just been kind of building and learning like the tagline says, I rap, I produce, I figure shit out as I go. I guess that's a good skill to have in this year of our Lord 2020. Especially with so many people either staying at home for work or maybe their social life has been drastically reduced because of the whole stay at home order people got a lot of time on their hands and i think people are really starting to get more into music because in my personal opinion it kind of takes you to a new place you get to experience new things you said you were getting more into music in high school and then continuing that in college how did you know percussion was something that you were interested in? Did you always know or did you have to figure it out? Well, I started with messing around with like keys. I had the cheap Yamaha 61 key keyboard and a way to get into marching band while applying you no know, knowledge of keyboard and basic music theory was through the front ensemble, which, you know, is auxiliary percussion. It's at the front of the band and they, along with the battery, make up the drum line. So that's how I started, like junior year of high school. So in some people's cases, I was kind of a late bloomer, especially since I went on to go into a music program. But that's really where it started. Taking the knowledge I had from keyboard and like basic music theory and stuff, and then applying it to learning how to play instruments within the pit. It's really interesting you said that other people may have considered that late blooming when it comes to being interested in music because yeah. 
people may decide they like a new hobby at any stage in their life. You know what I mean? And so what do you think the pros are to starting when you're younger? And do you think that for some of our older listeners who are maybe, you know, in their mid to late 20s, is it too late to start learning more about music? I would say it's uh, never too late, you know, because life's too short, really. The positive about learning something from a very young age is obviously when you're younger, the rate at which you learn things, I think, is like exponentially higher. And then as you get older, you, you know, you've seen the, the graphs, it starts to taper off as you get older and as responsibilities and things into your life. So when you're young and you just have time to do what you want for the most part and you're applying it towards this one specific thing, then you become really, really good at that thing when you're younger. You see it a lot with, you know, athletes. But in my case, I just had the drive. First, be really good in, you know, my section in marching band and then going to a university, a music program kind of leaving being the big fish in the small pond and knowing what it's like to be one of the less talented people in the room and working up to a certain level. That was another like motivating factor once I got there. And once I got out of school, it was a matter of being able to do things on my own with the responsibilities of, you know, work, and trying to eventually get to a point where what I like to do is something that I can also earn a living from. That's the goal, right? I'm really hoping this yeah. podcast takes off. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're putting a lot of effort into it. <laughs> so as you were leaving college and staying involved with music was more of a choice, right? Because when you're in school, you can join a marching band, a symphonic band, a concert band, and then it's mm-hmm. in your schedule and then you have to show up. So it's a little bit right. more routine. When you're out of college and you're doing it on your own, I'm, what are some ways that you are fitting music into your life? Because I like music and I'm trying to learn from people that actually do it. <laughs> yeah, my journey was kind of sporadic like in and out because I wanted to prioritize you know getting a job so that I could then provide for myself and eventually move out da, 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 da. but I think the main thing that I've learned since having my own place like for the past year and a half it's like it's really about prioritizing I think you had mentioned this in a previous episode with Sophia the entrepreneur about finding ways to like prioritize things, really organizing things so that you can get things done. And uh, I think just coming out of school, I didn't really know how to do that. Maybe I was still in the feeling of that drawn out schedule where everything's kind of there for you. And I had to learn how to adapt. Yeah. I think that's tough for a lot of people, especially when you're young and you go to elementary, middle, high school. And then a lot of people that are in a position to go right to college, you're just kind of continuing that same path. And then when you first leave college, it's like, I felt like it was so different. I felt like life was just, wow, now I got to make some tough decisions. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, definitely. And another thing you had shared was you started studying music theory. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? It's basically the application of understanding systems of harmony and melody, the basic elements that make music, particularly Western classical music, which is kind of which all of popular music that we're most familiar with is derived from. But in learning theory, you can also understand music from other cultures within you know, the educational system here in the U.S. It is based primarily on understanding like the Western classical tradition, you know, the Bach and the Mozart and all of that. A nice thing about when I was studying was that I also took some music-based electives when I could fit them in. So I also learned about ethnomusicology, how to study music from different cultures. That's um, cool. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Learning about music history from when it was more sacred and used kind of in liturgical practices for the church, and then it became something separate over time. Just things like that. It wasn't only music theory, like understanding how chords work or why this sounds pleasant and this sounds unpleasant to our trained ears, but also how music is in different cultures. I liked to have a good balance and variation yeah, that's really cool. So when you were learning about some other cultures, was there any particular ones that stood out to you that you were like, oh, I really like this, or this is so interesting, never knew that before? I was thinking it was more of just being able to see the similarities across cultures. Once you understood the framework of, okay, this is what rhythm is, you know, like you realize, okay, it's just their way of doing things. So it was being able to tie threads and see commonalities between different cultures, which I think helped my ear and being able to appreciate different kinds of music. Like if you were to go through my phone, you'd see a pretty eclectic mix. And I think that's attributed to me being able to appreciate different parts of different genres. Yeah. And there are some artists in the world they just are so big. They transcend all the different countries. I watch music awards on YouTube all the time. And someone from the US, people love them in Asia or love them yeah. in Europe. You know, that's so cool to think that people in other countries can resonate with the same stories or sound that you do, even though you live in two different complete parts of the world. While you were learning that you were interested in music, you were studying first keys, then percussion, you now produce your own stuff. You're on Spotify, you have videos on YouTube, which we're going to include all the links down below in the description and in the show notes so that people can check that out. But which do you enjoy more? Do you like writing? Do you like producing? What's your favorite part? I think what I would like to get into as a career path eventually, you know, doing something similar to what I did with the So Rude podcast, creating the theme, working with someone to fulfill a vision. I think the, the artist thing for me is kind of just scratching the itch. I know there's a lot of people that have the, the dream of the rappers come up, you know, a la 8 Mile or whatever movie you want to think of. But right. <laughs> that's really just, for me, the artists, the 
front facing part of it. That's more to scratch a, you know, creative itch, you know, be an outlet. I think producing is something I enjoy doing more regularly because I'll make stuff, obviously, that's not for me. Like, hmm, I want to see if I can make a, like a house type of beat today or like something dancey, you know, something like that. So that's something that regularly gets a mind going. I would say producing. And that's so cool because do you watch the show Songland? Have you heard of it or seen it? Yeah. Yeah. I got I to gotta like see what the schedule is for it. Like I may have to like DVR it because like, yeah, I wouldn't like when it first came on, I was like, oh, this is really cool concept. You see all these talent shows, but what about the stuff that goes into the song behind it? Like you always see the minds of these people that have had these huge like oh okay you're kind of getting a, a look inside the the secret sauce like you're getting a look inside the chef's kitchen so to speak. exactly and if you haven't watched songland strongly recommend it great show but essentially songland is the songwriter's attempt of american idol people come in they have a song that they wrote but the coolest part of the whole show and kind of what you were just talking about is how whatever is walked in the door is not the final product. And there's such a process behind making it a jam. You know what I mean? The beat and getting additional melodies or something going in there. It was mind blowing to think that that was such a big part of the music creating process. Oh yeah. Yeah. This was, it was exciting to see it on broadcast television because, you know, just working in music and then in college working with other people who, their own uh, kind of music that's always part of the collaborative process you know you're thinking about lyrics you're, you're asking other people's opinions on certain things and you're working together to ultimately put out this thing to the world yeah it's crazy you were saying being the front man is cool but actually creating the sound and the finished product is what kind of gets you very excited how do you find your inspiration? Does it just come to you? Do you have a specific process that you do to get in the mood to create music? Well, I would say from the artist's perspective, I definitely have inspiration just from the world around me. That's kind of the viewpoint I developed is, you know, my voice, so to speak. It's observational. My first commercial release, the first thing I would consider an album, Searching the Signals, which came out in 2017 was me looking at how different forms of media be it you know radio playlists reality tv shows the 24-hour news cycle how those things affect me personally so from the artist's perspective that's the world around me i would say is an inspiration for creation as far as producing it can be kind of any random thing which i think is what excites me about producing it could be just finding something with a cool timbre and then trying to run with it or getting an idea for a beat and just building upon it. From the producer perspective, it's more spontaneous because I'm not just producing you know, the bulk of my own work. I'm looking to produce stuff for others. So there's always ideas kind of going around in my head. That's so cool. Let's say somebody listening to this podcast right now likes music, maybe they wrote some lyrics. Do you have any tips for how they could start to put those lyrics or that idea 
into a song or into some type of musical element? I would say to look into the music they like or the music that really inspires them at their core and on how it makes them feel. Because the creative process really is that a process. It's kind of, I think I heard once it's like working out except more mental than physical. Uh, it does take work to kind of churn away at an idea until you've you've got something going. And then initially, it might not even be something you like, but the idea is to keep going and keep molding the idea until you have something you like. So I would say first look for inspiration, look for influences, don't look for something to imitate. And then second would be just keep you know, chipping away at it. And ice sculpture just starts out as a brick of ice and then it becomes this beautiful thing so those will be the two main points i think it's really cool that you said that people should really look inward and towards the music that they like because if you yourself don't like the music that you're putting out why would somebody else like the music that you're putting out you know like you got to feed yourself first in a sense but then also i liked what you said about not imitating other people because the goal is to create your own sound. Do you think that's a hard, like one of the hardest things for someone to get a grasp on? It can be because oftentimes, once again, talking from the artist side, when people ask me, what kind of rap do you make? I can ex- try to explain it, you know, as briefly as I can. Talk about what's observational. I just, I feel like the human condition is something that never gets old. So that's always something that hits to me, you know, but typically they'll want a reference point to know whether or not they're interested. They'll, they'll, or they may give you an idea of what they think you sound like as a reference based on just what they hear. So that can be difficult when you're first starting out or you're first putting music out there. It's because uh, people are very much comfortable with the familiar and they're trying to relate you to something they already know. That's interesting. You posted music on Spotify. You're an artist on there. You have YouTube videos. I know you have a lot of socials. How did you get the confidence to just post your stuff out there? Because I think music can be so personal. How did you do that? I don't know. I'm thinking that a lot of musicians, artists, people who do creative things and display them to the world in general, aren't necessarily the most confident. They just feel the urge to get something out overrides any nerves or fear you may have. It's like, well, it's gotta it's gotta get out there at some point. Somebody has to see or hear this because I put a lot of time into it. So I might as well. At some point you just end up throwing caution to the wind and just putting it out there. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. In preparing to launch my podcast, I'd been talking about it for a while. And I knew I had stuff I wanted to share. But I always felt like I had to do it with somebody else. I don't know if I've released this on this podcast yet. But when I got to a point where no one was in a position to start with me, I I just thought to myself, I want to start I just have a message I want to share. And since then, it's been going consistently. Sometimes just starting is the hardest part, just getting that foot going can be such a barrier for people yeah they always say the first step is the artist whether you want to approach this question as the artist or the producer whichever 
is more interesting for you. What's the quickest amount of time you thought of an idea, got it all prepared and released it? And what's been the longest project that you've had to get out the door? Oh, there was this song I did like for uh, my freshman floor. I think it was during winter break. I actually did a collab with this girl who didn't like put out music, but was like a fan of rap, like Lil Wayne, I think was their favorite rapper. And we did a verse highlighting the people on our floor. That was fun. I had made the beat within five minutes on like a demo version of uh, FL Studio. Like it it was a demo version, so I couldn't even save it. Like I just had the idea, (laughs) okay, this is the beat export <laughs> and then i did a verse she did a verse that was probably the quickest one and the reception went pretty well i think she might have i have to dig around in one of my uh, hard drives i'm sure i have it somewhere uh, i think i think she got me <laughs> on the verse like i think hers was more entertaining but <laughs> the longest one was probably my most recent commercial release, my first quote-unquote album, uh, the one I had mentioned earlier, Searching the Signals, because I had been writing stuff for it since around 2015. During that time, I had gotten like laid off from my part-time job at Guitar Center and was you know out of work for a little bit. And then by the time I had put that project out, I was a couple of years into my full-time job at the time and I had already put out like a little EP with a friend of mine from Guitar Center before that like to kind of build up to that get to the idea of putting a cohesive project together so that one was probably the longest because of this gap this current album I'm working on will probably be the longest one in terms of process I'm looking to finish up writing within the next couple of weeks so that by the official start of fall, I can really focus on recording and the you know nitty gritty of making it sound good. Talking about recording, talking about writing, do you think that there's any important equipment people need to get started creating their own music? Do you got to go out and buy this expensive stuff? How can people really get started if they're kind of starting from ground zero? That, I think, is a popular misconception. It's really about how you learn to use the tools you have. Because if you have this expensive equipment, like a really nice mic and a really nice interface and all these things, like a really high-end computer, but you don't know how to utilize it, then it's not going to help your work sound any better. It's really about figuring out what you can use and then like maximizing the use of that. I don't really make any upgrades to my equipment until kind of was able to hear where uh, I can improve from the, the mixing, the sound engineering uh, standpoint. And then I was like, oh, okay, I can go to this next level. And my, my setup is still pretty uh, modest. It's just about, you know, using what you can and like slowly building from there as you gain more knowledge of the tools you have. With the tools that somebody has, is there any resources that you use to learn 
more about music? I mean, you're pretty knowledgeable now between, you know, playing music and then going and you're in school for music, but has there been other resources you've used over the years to help learn more? Oh, yeah. The internet is your friend, as they say, because when I studied and got my bachelor's in music, it was more the music business. It wasn't audio engineering. That stuff was all me as my tagline, as you'll see on Instagram goes, figuring shit out as I go. So that was the, the real thing there, just reading magazines or finding like books I was interested in on, you know, mixing things like that. There are a lot of resources out there. You just got to look. Is there any artists out right now or people that you've been following for a while that you particularly like or you find have been making waves in the music industry lately? I mean, yeah, there's always like a crop of new rising talent. There's one that I got into a couple of years ago when I saw his video for a song called Dark Knight. It's Jack Carlo out of Louisville. Of course, people know him for uh, What's Poppin' being, you know, that number one song on the billboard charts but i i feel kind of cool knowing about this project he put out a couple of years ago it's always cool to see an artist you kind of were into when they first started to pop like when they're reaching a whole new stratosphere you feel you were in on a little secret and now they're you can share that secret like see see i told you they were good yeah yeah I just would also like to highlight a couple of Jersey acts. Um, There's a band that I actually got the privilege to sample on this new project with Sales Ahead. Another artist kind of from the same area, like the the Shore, Monmouth County area, Joe College. He's been doing the same for like years, but he's just always been consistent and kind of a, as far as acts here, someone I would consider like a sonic influence on me, like really honing in on his own sound and his own vibe. So those are a few. Very cool. Now you said you went to college and you were learning more of the business side of music. You also shared the goal is to make it a career and to really, you know, be able to financially support yourself in music. Is it as hard as people think it is to break into the music industry? And what are some tips people could think about that they could be doing to help maybe make a name for themselves? I think you said it right there, like making a name for yourself. And I guess that involves getting involved with like-minded people in your community. Or if there isn't something in your physical environment, you can find that once again, the internet being your friend, finding people with similar interests and just reaching out and working in that way. That would be the main thing and something I wish I had done more of during the college years that I'm kind of adapting to now, like the benefits of collaboration, right? It's also a form of networking, which I know you talked about it on the podcast. And that's something that's hammered across in any job fairs or like career seminars. They're all about, you know, networking. So building and working on your own craft and then showing it to people who you think have similar interests. I think that's a way to kind of help yourself get in the door and something I'm going to be working on more once this project of mine is done. That's so interesting. By you working on your own project, 
you're sharing with us that it's helpful because then when you go to talk to people, you have something to show them and you're like, hey, this is what I've done. We could do something like this together. Having something on the resume. Yeah, I was going for a job interview that I ultimately didn't get the job, but I have a blog and I post blog articles on there. And I had asked one of my final questions, is there anything else that I could clarify for you to, you know, share my experience that would be beneficial for this job? And they were like, well, we've read your blog articles and it's very clear you know what you're talking about. Now, between you and me, these are like pretty quickly written articles, not very long. And sometimes you second guess your own ability that other people would look at that and be like, no, like you actually produced it. You shared it. It's, it's out there to be found. Like clearly it's at a level that other people would be interested in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like getting over the imposter syndrome of feeling that, oh no, not that great. Or it's like, well, let other people decide that for you, you know? Yeah. That's such a great point. You had created my podcast intro and outro. I love the sound. And what's so cool is it's become a brand for the podcast. When you hear the intro, you know it's the So Rude podcast. Was it different working on the podcast sound and music than maybe approaching a song? I think so, because thankfully you gave me a little bit of a template as far as what you wanted. So I had a direction to go and where... Sometimes at the beginning of creating a process, you might have this one melody or this one chord progression or, you know, just some verses and a BPM, you know, a tempo. And you then have to build from that. But based on all the examples you showed me of podcast intros that you were into, I was like, okay, I can work with that. And I had a couple of chord progressions written out that I hadn't done anything with that were right and I felt fit the mood of your podcast and I was able to apply it and then add on some sounds and there it was. What I enjoyed so much about working with you is like you shared, I kind of came in with an idea, but I knew you were going to be the one creating it. So I was more just like, here's some tips. And then you shared with me a first version and then we talked about, hey, we can evolve in these areas. And you were just so collaborative. And I know you talked about this, but like so collaborative and that's such a great skill set and personality trait when working with other people on projects. Are there any other skills that you think someone really needs when it comes to working in the music industry? Well, I would think it's honing in on your craft, whatever you want to do, be it working as an artist, producer, engineer, or on the more business side in A&R, or maybe someone who has their own label and can really promote talent. It's really honing in on your specific skill set. Like I'm kind of a jack of all trades, more so by necessity, but I know my bread would be buttered from my skills in producing and writing. The creation of music. I, you know, I studied it. I continued to study it. So I, I know that's where my focus ultimately is. So I would think just having a, a focus on where exactly you want to go and really like ramping that up because that just having a really specific skill set, I think always helps in an area where there's a lot of saturation. Right now in the music industry, there's not the typical gatekeepers as there were in 
you know, the past decades, but with the internet, you know, we've seen people make songs as, you know, jokes or something for social media and then become actual artists or at least be signed to a major label and then presented as serious quote unquote artists. So I think having a really specific skill set and a like real focus on where you want to go. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. And that applies to so many facets of life. Before you start to build, you got to get the foundation of where you're going to be able to add more on top of it. And so Taryn, you shared with us, you're working on an upcoming second album, which is so exciting. Are there any other things you're interested in pursuing as you get older, whether that relates to music or not? Well, from the lifestyle standpoint, getting into like investing now, now that I'm, you know, living on my own, making enough, I can start to plan ahead and really figure out like how I want to invest uh, my money and build that over time. That's another step because it raised me really harped on being self-sufficient and I'd always been a saver, not a huge spender, but I have to find ways now to maximize what I'm making. So that's like another thing, you know, outside of music, just normal life stuff, just learning about investing. Love that. We love finances here on the So Great Podcast. We've had a couple episodes about it so far. So Taryn, we may have to bring you back on and educate us on the finance part. We may no, have to no, talk no, about no. this. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to your podcast. I know you're, you're on that stuff. So yeah, yeah, that's been an exciting thing. And I love I'm that you're such a stan of the So Rude Podcast. We got a fan. I love it. <laughs> And so Taryn, it has been so great chatting with you today. I think you've really shared with the listeners some valuable skills and really personal pieces that come with creating music. And as my last question that I ask everyone on the show, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? Just keep going. I think post-grad, my output as far as music was a lot more sporadic. And I think if I just found a way to prioritize it, along with my job search and working out and like the, the daily grind, I think I would be a little bit further along. Who, who knows, really? Because like I said, music is super saturated these days. But I think it would have helped in having a, a core group of people that rock with me. It feels like uh, this fall up and through the winter and spring is going to be me kind of building that up. Um, on the road to the release of this second album. So yeah, I would just tell my younger self to stay consistent and persistent. Just keep going. Love that. Consistent and persistent. Well, Taryn, it was so great having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come on here and educate us about music. We wish you the best of luck on your next album. We can't wait to see when that launches and we'll be excited to listen to it when it does. 
If anyone's interested in finding Taryn on social media, his Instagram at Token Genius Music, Twitter at Token Genius. He has a YouTube we're going to link, SoundCloud, his Spotify artist link, along with his website, which has a blog and his music listed on there. And guys, thank you so much again for listening to another episode of the So Rude Podcast. I hope you liked it. If you did, make sure to leave a comment, subscribe to this podcast, reach out to us on Instagram at SoRude.podcast and let us know that you enjoyed having Taryn on the show. I can't wait to chat with you guys next time and have a great day. Bye.